0: It's time for us to go ahead and begin this morning. I want to welcome you to the Northside family. We are so glad that you've chosen to be with us. If you're visiting with us, we encourage you to take a blue card in the pew in front of you, fill that out, and so that we have a record of your attendance with us. And we're certainly glad that you've chosen Northside to assemble together with the saints this morning. Before we have our first song this morning, Landon is going to read to us from Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. Using a book, our first song this morning will be number 168. 168, Heavenly Sunlight. And we'll sing the first and last.
1: Walking in sunlight all of my journey, over the mountains through the deep vale, Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee, promise divine that never can fail. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing his praises, Jesus is mine. In the bright sunlight ever rejoicing, pressing my way to mansions above. Singing his praises, gladly I'm walking, walking in sunlight, sunlight of love. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul with glory divine. Hallelujah, I am rejoicing, singing his praises, Jesus is mine.
2: Morning. We have a program full of uh, announcements this morning. I'm going to encourage you to read through all of them and uh, uh, know that there's things like uh, birthdays and anniversaries in there. And remember, those are uh, birthdays and anniversaries of our family, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, I will single out a few uh, announcements here. Uh, the first two, uh, Chloe Tatum and Brad Bass, they joined our family. Our, They are now brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, uh, make sure you uh, uh, welcome them because uh, it is a, a big part of their life and it's a big part of ours as they join us. Uh, parents, don't forget to practice the monthly memory verse with your children this month. Now this Boy, I tell you, I wish, I wish I was one of these kids. This month, those who complete their memory verse will get their picture up on the board and a batch of Miss McKenzie's delicious homemade cookies. If anybody wants to share their cookie, that's, that's fine. I'll, I'll help. I mean, uh, they're probably pretty big cookies. I'd be more than happy to help get rid of them. Um, the, uh, there will be a, a Bible lectureship at Freed Hartman University February 5 through 9. Right now, I just talked to Josh. There's about six going. Uh, reading it over the theme will be the truth of the Lamb, uh, the bad with evil uh, in Revelation. This, uh, I'm guessing this is going to be a, a, pretty, a pretty good trip and a, a pretty good event on myself. I'm serious, uh, seriously considering going. But if you have questions, please talk to Josh. Uh, I don't think uh, I think uh, there's there's no limit to who can go. Um, but if you do have the questions, please uh, please talk to Josh. <clears throat> um, Mary, now Faith, uh, if you know she's not with us this morning, she's home. She's not feeling well. She has a, a doctor's appointment uh, coming up soon. Uh, keep her in your prayers. And uh, Larry Treadwell, Robbie Finch, they're both uh, they're both home with the flu. Uh, please keep them in your prayers, too, and uh, just uh, be careful as we go around. There is, a, there is a little bit of flu bug going around, and as a matter of fact, I have a couple other friends who are out with uh, with the flu. Um, <clears throat> I have one more uh, announcement here, and this is, uh, this is something I think we should all kind of pay attention to. Um, well, first, prayers I requested for Carolyn Hawkins. She had an MRI on Thursday, and they found another tumor on her brain. She asks for our prayers as she decides how to proceed with future treatments. Surgery is an option, but after the difficulties she had her last surgery, um, they have some concerns. Uh, And I think we know that that's, uh, that's got away heavy on her and her family. And one way we can help, and as brothers and sisters in Christ, when one of our family is hurting, um, we should be looking for ways to help. There's cards out in the foyer, these yellow cards. And all you have to do is, whoever you wanted to go to, just put their name on this first line here, and the uh, rest of the address will be filled in for you. And on the side here, there's room for words of encouragement. This is mine going to Carolyn. This is mine and Lily's going to Carolyn. Um, I'm sure she'd appreciate getting a card from each one of us, uh, an encouragement would certainly help her as she faces uh, tough decisions and uh, a tough road ahead. Um, does anybody else have any, any announcements, anything to add? Okay, then let's, uh, let's go to the Father uh, as we continue our service. Father, we're grateful for the opportunity to be here today, our family, our church family, brothers and sisters in Christ. Worshiping together, fellowshipping together, learning together, strengthening our faith together and doing it together, knowing in our hearts, Father, that uh, you are with us, that it's your love that encourages us and and strengthens us each each and every day. Father, we face many trials every day. We're tested and we're tempted every day, but we know, Father, that your grace is always with us and we always Just need to turn to you for the answers to all our questions for the strengthening of our heart and for guidance in the things that we do each and every day father as we go through the rest of this service we pray that you'll help us to keep our hearts and minds open that all that we need to hear we hear and all that we need to make our lives better that we may be more like christ that we take to heart and we take outside these doors as we live as a testimony to you and your love and your grace in our homes and our communities. Father, we pray that you continue to be with those who can't be here today, those who are homesick. We pray that you help them to get, to get better and come back with us as, as soon as possible. And those, Father, who face those questions in life, what do I do? Father we pray that they know that they need only to ask you and their faith their faith will bring their prayers to you and their prayers will be heard Father it's not easy being a Christian these days but it's quite easy to turn to you for the answers that we need We pray Father that you'll be with us as we go through this service that you will help us to hear and every hear and put to use everything that that has uh, told us that you continue to watch over us, guide us, protect us, and forgive us all of our sins. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you're using
0: a book, our invitation song will be number 683. 683, Let Him Have His Way With Thee. If you're using a book, you can go ahead and mark that. Josh's lesson this morning is going to be on the topic of rest. And these next two songs will hopefully reiterate that theme. The first one is number 366, There is a Place of Quiet Rest. And then after that, number 961, in the very back of the book, There is a Bomb in Gilead.
1: There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. A place where sin can unmolest, near to the heart of God. O oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, send from the heart of God. of comfort sweet, near to the heart of God, a place where we our Savior meet, near to the heart of God. O oh, Jesus, bless Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. to wait before thee near to the heart of God. There is a place of full release near to the heart of God, a place where all of God, O oh, Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart.
0: If you would be standing as we sing number 961 there is a balm in gilead and after this brother mac rose will lead us in our opening
1: prayer there is a balm in gilead to make the wounded sick soul sometimes I feel discouraged and think my works in vain but then the Holy Spirit revives my soul again. In Gilead To heal the sin sick soul If you cannot preach like Peter If you cannot pray like Paul You can tell the love of Jesus and say he died for all. There is a bond.
3: please, our God and Father in Heaven, as we approach you at this time, Father, we come thanking you, Father, for the love that you have for us, for the privilege we have of being your children, for sending your Son and our Savior, your only Son, Father, to this world, to this earth, that he was willing to give his life, Father, that through that blood that he shed, we might have salvation. Be with us, Father, as we enter this portion of our service. Help us to set aside the thoughts and the cares of the world, Father, and concentrate upon his, upon the word that you have given us. Concentrate upon the lesson that Brother Josh is presenting to us this morning, that we might take it into our hearts, that we might understand it and apply it to our Christian lives. Father, there are a large number of our members that aren't able to be with us this morning. We ask you to be with them, Father, and to give them the comfort, the understanding, the peace that only you can give them, Father. Go with us now as we go through the rest of this worship to you this morning. This is our prayer in Christ's name. Amen.
4: It's certainly good to come together and worship this morning, and I'm very glad to see everybody that's here, especially many of our our visitors I'm seeing for the first time. It's good to see you, and we want you to know that God loves you, and we want you to know that we are striving to love God with everything that we have, to love his word, to preach his word, and sing proudly, and, and give glory to God with everything that we are. I also want you to know that when Matthew said I was preaching on rest, I know a few people were thinking, good, I need a nap. And so I guess you can get a 20-minute one here if you start now. But I started, I told Matthew because he asked what the sermon might be about so that he can kind of put the songs around it. And I said, I'm flip-flopping this week. i mean two, three, four different sermons that I was like, no, 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 after starting to develop. And I just at one point said, Huh. Oh. <laughs> I need some rest, not like I need a break, not like I need away from here or anything like that, but more like I need to be more in tune with God for my own self. Maybe you feel the same way, you know, and it takes a lot to admit that we need help a lot of the time, too. It takes a lot to, to say that we do need help or, or that we can't do it all like we once thought we could do it. There's something that we can always be doing, right, especially in today's busy world. There's always something more that could be done, but sometimes the thing we need to do the most is stop and rest with God. Why? Because whether or not I do affects all aspects of my life. If if I am not being filled up, if my cup is not being filled up by God, I've got nothing to fill into other people. I've got nothing that I can give to my marriage. I've got not as much as I could give to my kids or to my friends or to my job or to my uh, regular activities, the things that I do in life. And so in order to go about life the best way, I've got to make sure that God is, in fact, part of it. I'm over in Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 25. We're going to look in verse 25 through 30. May be a familiar section, or at least a few words from this section might be familiar to you. And he starts out saying that at this season or at this time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and of earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. When it comes to Jesus here drawing a contrast between the wise, and the children. We're talking about the ones that see themselves as self-sufficient, have it all put together, don't need anything, as opposed to children who admit that they need a little bit of help. Now, we know that children, they all need help, and sometimes they'll admit it, and maybe we don't always like it when our kids admit it, when they need help. I need money, or I need a snack, or I need this or that, right? But they're telling us that they have needs and telling us they have wants. But he's drawing this contrast here between the two. Who are the wise in the understanding of the world? Well, it's really not always just those that happen to have letters and letters next to their name and have degrees and things of that nature, but they're ones that they're in control. They have life figured out. I know what I'm here for, I know what I'm doing, I'm taking care of myself, my job is going well, everything is going great because of what I have done. They're full of worldly pride. They're full of them own selves, them own selves their own selves, we should say, who pride themselves in their ability, convince themselves that there's nothing more to learn. And I think that echoes from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18, where he says, for the word of the cross is folly, foolishness, your version might say, to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. You see, worldly logic does not see the Christian logic. Worldly logic sees uh, just that this is foolishness, it's folly, but Christian logic, the view that heaven gives us, the lens, the perspective of Christianity, We see the worldly logic. We reject the worldly logic. And you know, we're never set in a wise or in a humble childlike category. Sometimes we we are also fluctuating between the two if we're not careful. For instance, I myself might think foolishly that I can take care of this certain thing on my own. I can make my marriage as good as it possibly is. It's so good right now. I don't need God's help in it. I need God's help with being saved. I need God's help maybe in parenting, but I got my marriage figured out or I got my, my work ethic figured out. You know, we say, I don't need you here, God. I need you over here. I got this part put together. But He's reminding us that we need Him in every aspect of life. And when we look at this verse, we're back over here in Matthew 12 or 11, verse 25. He's declaring, I thank you, Father. For these that listen, that's that's Josh's short and sweet version. He spent time being thankful for those that do listen. We talk a lot, and I say it too, about how I just wish people in the world would, would wake up, right? I wish people would come to their senses. I wish people would just listen to the truth. Why don't they? They're crazy. They're foolish, as as the Bible might say in a few places as well. And we spend a lot of time there in the negative, where Jesus here... He's surrounded by the negative. The context of where we're at. He is combating the Pharisees and their legalism at the heart of everything. This, this whole place where they're at, all the Pharisees and all the synagogues, all of them are binding onto the law so tightly onto people that they've got to check every box to be perfect. They gotta check every box to please God. And in the midst of this, people are being wore down that they can't do it. They can't do it all. They're putting this law on them that they themselves can't even keep. And in the midst of all this negativity, the people that don't really get God, that should get God, he spends his time being thankful for those that do listen. How much time do we spend in thanks for one another? How much time ought we? I guess maybe we should ask. But how much time do we actually give thanks to God for those that are here that listen to the word, for those that are out there somewhere listening to the word that are searching for God instead of focusing on all those that don't? Yeah, we got to focus on them to get the message there. But Jesus spent his time being thankful for those children that listen. He's contrasting the two, remember? And so if I'm going to be a good Christian, then I've got to acknowledge that I need the help. I hear God telling me sometimes, you really are going to try to be the best Christian? You're, you're going to try to be a good person? You're going to try to be some sort of leader for your family and friends without the full help of Christ? Come on, man. <laughs> you're better than that. You know better than that. Choose to be the child in this instance, as Jesus says, instead of the wisdom without God. He goes on, verse 27. All things have been handed over to me by my Father. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Right out of the gate, he says, all things have been handed over to him. What are these all things? It's all things that were wrapped up in God's will. All things being fulfilled in in Christ, that he has authority over all, that he has the power to forgive, that he is the headship over the church that will be established shortly after this, and is established now, that he has the responsibility to be the one who suffers for the whole world. He is in the seat of judgment. He is the fulfillment of God's will and God's purpose. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 9 through 10 will tell us that God set forth his purpose in Christ to unite all things according to his will. He is God's way. We've heard that before, right? John 14:6, I am the way, the truth and the life, but the way for what? That sounds awesome, right? The way for what? He is the way to deeper understanding and He is the way into his eternal presence, his forever kingdom, being with him in in eternity. And I think that's pretty great. And here's Jesus saying all of this. Now, verse 28, he's going to give the invitation to come into that. So here's Jesus' invitation. And there's three things here that I see. But he says, verse 28, come to me. There's the invitation. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you Rest. You see, we live in a world. No one here, I think, will argue this. We live in a world where it seems that we've got to stay busy. There's always something going on, and we're caught up in the motion that's not going to stop. And I've got to sustain what I'm doing. I got to keep things the same level at what they're at, so that I can sustain my same way of life, so that I'm not uh, having any kind of negative changes. And you know what? I also got to work a little bit more than I already am because I'm worried about the future. Things have never gone down. Gas is no longer a quarter anymore, is it? So things are only going to go up. So I got to work harder to prepare for when things go up. And I got to get ready for, for the holidays now, too. Don't even talk about the holiday stress, right? I Don't even mention all the stress that comes with it and all the family and all the, yeah, yeah, we know. There's a lot going on in the world, not including what's going on around the world that's being put into our face with the news of different things where the news is putting it on us as if it's my problem specifically, and I've got to fix it, and I've got to take responsibility for all of it. Maybe it's just me, but that wears me down if I get caught into that trap, if I got caught into that motion. And so if it's my own fault, maybe, that I have chosen this, this view of life, this perspective of life that I have and my purpose in it. Maybe it's the circumstances that are forced on me. I have no control over what's going on. It's just the way it is. Maybe it's a combination of both. But most everyone, I think, feels as if we have no choice but to keep our nose to the grindstone. No time for rest. No time for refreshment. And I'm so glad that we have a time, at least just on the first day of the week, where we can come together to take a pause, to pray together, and refocus our mind. Now, I will preach as well that the church is not, when we come as the church, this is not a fill-up station to get ready for the rest of the week. But sometimes I need it to be, right? But that's not its sole purpose. I should come ready to worship. I should come ready to pour into others so that when I am perhaps the others that need it, that I don't have anything left to give. I am hearing God being taught. I am hearing God's greatness being sung about. We are focusing our minds on Him. But if the opposite is my daily perspective and my sense of life, then this world will suck every bit of spiritual moisture that I have out of me. And so, take up the invitation three ways. One, I've got to take up the invitation daily. It's not just when I get to the end of my rope that I hear Jesus say, come when you're weary and who need rest. It's not just when I am the weariest of the weary. It's daily. Learn to wake up with Jesus on your mind and on your heart. I've got to figure out my own way. You have to figure out your own specific way to make him a part of your daily mindset. My daily labors and burdens, all of that needs Jesus to be a part of it so that I can get through it in the best way possible. It's not a part-time matter. It's not a time of need matter. It's a daily matter to wake up, to go on, and to go to sleep with having Jesus on the forefront of my mind. Do it tonight. Do it in the morning. Make it very applicable to you. And watch what happens in the next few days. Watch how your life will change with your attitude and your perspective being more uplifted, more refreshed, where you don't fear what comes down the road next. It's not that we're ignoring it, that we're not unprepared, but we're not fearful of what might potentially be there that we don't even know if there's going to be a problem. Take it up daily and take up the invitation dutifully, meaning walk through my day with the only objective that I have, the only thing that I want to, by doing or saying or thinking, to be pleasing to God. And then my life's burdens become a lot more lighter and focused. Why? Because my only intent then becomes to please God instead of pleasing every single man or every single whim around me. If everything, if everyone else around me disagrees with me, but God is in agreement with me, then you have done your duty as a Christian and you can be more at ease, more at rest with that daily and dutifully and diligently. Take up the invitation diligently. Make it your will to seek Him in the difficult moments, in the season where we are filled with perhaps anger and pain and exhaustion and frustration and doubt. And in all of those, make it your will to seek Jesus in those occasions, to find Him in the difficult places. When you're ready to be angry and give up and flip tables, When you're ready to just sit back and give up and do nothing in quiet desperation, seek Him then. I hope you're already seeking Him before that. But be sure to seek Him then because His power and His sufficiency are always consistent and constant throughout our ever-changing lives. The only constant factor in life is Him, is His power, is His promises that I see in the Word And so I must take it up consistently and diligently. And when I do, life takes on new significance, where even the most mundane aspects of life glow, perhaps, with new meaning, if we have our correct lenses focused as we should. My worry with doing more and being more, maybe you can relate to me in this way, my worry is when it comes to being a Christian. Am I good enough? Anyone ever thought that? (laughs) Am I good enough? Am I doing enough? Am I the picture-perfect Christian? And if I'm not doing enough, I need to do more and more. That's, that's my problem weekly. I'll tell you right now. Am I doing enough? Am I doing enough as the preacher? Am I making uh, enough headway in what I'm supposed to be doing? But, you know, if we get caught up in that too often, it's good to take evaluation. But if we get caught up in that too often, checking the boxes we are doing what he is combating in this very context of the legalistic aspect of those that are trying to be religious around him. And so he's not after my perfection. He's after what I can give him wholeheartedly. Now, I've got to be honest and say, am I really giving my whole heart to him? Am I really being fully devoted to him? Because if I am, guess what? It's still not perfect but he's not asking for that perfection. And we say to him, well, well, God, I don't have much to offer you, but I'll give you my all, to which Jesus says, that's all I ask. That's all I want from you. Wouldn't it be great also if the body of Christ answered the same way as the head to that? We hold ourselves to too high of a standard sometimes. Sometimes we hold each other to too high of a standard of perfection, to which in the same way I ought to be like Jesus and say, if you're giving your all, that's all I care about. If you're giving your best, I'm there with you. Who is more capable of giving rest than Jesus, who has the all things? I like definitions. I like words. And so I look up the word of rest there. It means, of course, revive and refresh. But two that I think you would like. It means to remain quiet. <laughs> I, I feel in my pocket right now this thing going off as we speak. I mean, as I'm up here. And it's my mistake because I usually leave it in the desk. But just since being here, I mean, it's constantly noise going off. And then you got other constant noise in your life. Family, friends, work, TV, all this other stuff. Sometimes what I need and rest with God is just to remain quiet and away and secluded with him. That might be one verse that I chew on for 10 to 30 minutes a day. That might be one prayer that I just make, set aside. This is my quiet time. But you know what the word rest also means? It also means to hinder from. Isn't that weird? What do you mean, hinder from? Well, probably hindering you from making more of a train wreck of yourself. When you got nothing left to give... Can you think about someone that's been up for 24 hours and then it's midnight again, they hadn't slept, and they get on the road to go you know, get uh, some kind of medicine from the store? Do you think they're going to drive very safely? Probably not. They're probably delirious. They're probably spinning a little bit. And so they're more of a danger to themselves and to others at that state. And in the same way, if I'm not resting, if I am not being refreshed, then, boy, I could cause some problems I don't need to be causing. And so I need to be hindered from doing things sometimes and take time to rest. But also, it could also mean that maybe God is hindering things from happening to me if I am resting in him. Psalm 23, verse 2 through 3. I know we know Psalm 23, right? Where he says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters and refreshes, restores my soul. I, I like to point out there that sometimes He will make you to lie down, (laughs) if you're not lying down. He might make you. And that same word rest is used in Revelation chapter 6, verse 11, when it says that they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little while longer. The white robe there, those are the individuals that had been martyred, the individuals that had died for the cause of Christ, and the white robe there is victory. And so... Rest both includes being revived and gaining the victory. Both are exclusively found in him in that invitation. And then verse 29, to follow the instruction, invitation and instruction. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. There it is. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We as God's people... Are expected to learn his word and to know his word so that not just so we can fill our head with space, but so that we can learn to trust God more and follow God better. We got to learn to love the word. Job said in chapter 23, verse 12, that I love your word more than my daily provision. Are you there yet? Can we try to get there to that point? I'm trying to get there myself. We need to learn to love the Word of God and feed on it because when we're familiar with the promises and we're familiar with the power that God has, we remember in the hard seasons that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that His character never changes, His goodness never runs dry, His grace never fades, He is unchanging, and He is with me. He overcomes all things with His power that He's already shown to have over sin, death, and hell. And when you and I know who Jesus is, we've got everything that we need to get through a season of life that makes no sense at all. And so what do we learn? What do we find when we learn from Him? We find refreshment for our souls. We find rest in Him and a renewal of heart. There is physical exhaustion. You and I, yeah, we are actually made to work. So I'm not saying work's a bad thing. It's a good thing. There is physical exhaustion. There is mental exhaustion. But the danger is when we let it all slip into the spiritual exhaustion. You and I need to be refreshed from the source that is inexhaustible, that never runs dry, so that we can find rest in this crazy and mad world that we live in. Last verse, verse 30. He says, For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. That word yoke, well, we know what a yoke is, I think. What you put on an oxen, what you put on livestock, to pull and to plow and to work, right? And this way that he says it, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, what he means is it's well fitted. It fits you specifically. It's not a one-size-fit-all, check-the-boxes, as the Pharisees and the legalism was trying to do. But it fits you in your life, what you are able to pull, what you are able to endure, where you need to grow, what you can bear. We might think, why why trade one hard job for another, right? Why get rid of this yoke and take this yoke? I I don't want to pull anymore, God. I want to rest. To which you might say, well, you already want your reward without doing anything? (laughs) Not that you're going to earn it but you just want to skip right to the reward? I can't let my selfishness get in the way of me playing my part while I'm still here, while there's still a job to do. It's not a hard job. It's not too hard to do. Yes, there are difficulties. Yes, there's now something new that we must learn to do and be doing, but it's different than anything else that I've experienced. It's different than anything else that we could take on. It ends up being more healing than any other yoke that runs us down into a pointless grave. And so the yoke and the burden are not about precision and perfection and law-keeping. Should we absolutely do our best to know the Word and keep to the Word as fully as we can? Obviously, that goes without saying. But in my walk, do I not stumble? Are we not an imperfect people trying to be made into His image? If we're focused on the relationship and we're giving our best to the walk with Jesus, he's going to catch us when we stumble, when we almost fall flat on our face, pull us right back up, and keep walking, keep moving with us. If we have a relationship with him, that means that we have a relationship with God, which is what he said just a few moments ago. A question for you to ask your own self. Do you have the right relationship with Jesus? Do you have any relationship with him? If you don't, you're not going to find rest. You're not going to find it in this world. You're not going to find it in our own wisdom and in our own conventional way of doing things. But if you accept the invitation and you accept it daily, I'm not talking this invitation. If you accept the invitation daily when he says, Come to me, you will find rest. Your purpose in life will be refreshed. And you will be more focused on living the life that God has called you to live. You'll face the difficulties. You'll triumph over the difficulties. And us together, we're walking towards that goal of eternity. If you need to respond in any way this morning, let us know as we stand and sing.
0: Prepare our minds for the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 398.
1: O Sacred Head. O Sacred Head now.
0: We are uh, so blessed to be healed by his stripes and washed in his blood, and we are blessed that somewhere in our lives, someone thought enough of us to share that story with us. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the sacrifice of your son and uh, the salvation of our souls, and we just pray, Father, that uh, you will give us the courage to tell others about you and to share the message of your love. Lest this bread that we're about to partake, we just pray that uh, we will carry it with us throughout our days, and it will be a reminder of us of the sacrifice that you made. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, as we gather around your table, uh, we want to let us take this cup that represents Christ's blood that he shed on that cross. Um, Let us do this in a manner that's well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: That concludes the time we had to gather around the table together. Now, as a matter of convenience, the elders have set this time aside for us to give back as we've been prospered. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we're so thankful today and many blessings. We're thankful for all the blessings you give us in our life. We pray, Heavenly Father, as we give back now a portion that, that we earn, we remember that all this comes from you, and that we give back with a cheerful heart. We pray, Heavenly Father, that... The work done through this church is, is done as pleasing to your sight and furthers your word. In Christ's name, amen.
0: visiting with us we certainly want to know that you are an honored guest hope that you'll come back and visit us at every opportunity that you have our sunday evening service meets at five o'clock so if we would be back for that hopefully closing song today will be number 650 we'll sing the first and last verse and then brother david mays will lead us in our closing prayer 650 wonderful city of god if you would let's stand as we sing this song together and for the prayer to follow
1: There's a wonderful place we call home. Tis a city of glory divine. It is built in the garden of rest. And that beautiful home shall be mine. Oh, that wonderful Eden so blessed, where Jesus the master has gone to prepare us this glorious home. There he bids us a welcome to come. O oh, wonderful city of God, just across in that beautiful clime, where the angels' sweet echo of song in musical cadences chime. Oh wonderful city of God, by faith in the distance I see, there's a mansion prepared over there yes a place in that city for me when the jewels of jesus are brought there to shine in that land of sweet song what a beautiful beautiful thought that i shall be there in that throng sweetest peace to my soul it will be To behold such a glorious sight, where the sun and the moon neither shine, but the glory of God is the light. Oh, wonderful city of God, just across in that beautiful clime, where the angels' sweet echo of song in musical cadences chime. Oh, wonderful city of God, by faith in the distance I see, there's a mansion prepared over there, yes, a place in that city for me.
5: Would you pray with me? Our God and Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity That we have had to come here to worship you we pray that our worship has been acceptable we uh, thank you for the church that meets here we pray that you would continue to uh, bless us as you have in the past and give us the vision to do the things that you would have us to do to be a pleasing uh, family we thank you heavenly father for everything that you bless us with for the opportunity that we have to come to a building like this to uh, enjoy the comfort while we worship you and we we thank you heavenly father for all the blessings of life go with us now as we depart from this place help us to stay focused on uh, living a life that would be pleasing to you and that we might focus our activities on uh, uh, working toward that home eternal home that you've prepared for us we thank you heavenly father for jesus for the uh, blessings that we have through him we pray that uh, we would continue to keep him the focus of our minds and help us to strive each day to be more like him in jesus name amen